0: What's the darkest bit about being in like a successful band?
1: So I I got myself into a real hole last US tour for Wild World. Everyone thinks the goal is to get a record deal, but they don't realise that's just step one.
0: Hello, welcome back to We Dive Deeper. My name is Kate McGill and this is the podcast where small talk goes to die. My guests pick at random from 70 of my all-time favourite deep and intrusive personal questions an amazing conversation ensues So, since Billy's episode, so many of you have left ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and I am just so grateful. Thank you so, so much. I'd love to read a couple out if that's okay. Not that you have a choice in the matter. Um, Appc 2503 said, I've never been a huge podcast fan, but I've loved these. So good to have such a relatable series to listen to. Thanks so much, Kate. No, 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 no. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you leaving that. Uh, Jerry67WE said, the first podcast I've ever become invested in and actually wait for the next episode. Just brilliant. Kate's a lovely host to listen to. Thank you. I can host your life if you want. I don't know how the hell that would work, but we could work something out, I'm sure. Um, Robert Holland27 said, I'm not one for reviews, but this is going to help anyone who listens. Amazing to hear people's stories and views. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, one more. Um, Sam2604 said A real look behind the curtain of people's lives Can be brutal and honest Attacking deep and potentially upsetting issues With equal amounts of care and respect But also humour in places Makes you feel like you're not the only one Highly recommended Man, I am so grateful, guys. Thank you for leaving those. Don't forget, you can get the last 10 to 20 minutes of each We Dive Deeper episode exclusively on my Patreon. And you get it a week earlier than everyone else. That's patreon.com forward slash Kate McGill. Okay, now that stuff is over and done with, let's get on with today's episode. My guest is Woody from Bastille. How the mothering fuck did I manage to pull that one off? He is the drummer, and for those of you who don't know Bastille, then I just... Have you been living under a rock? Because it might be impossible. They released their first album, Bad Blood, back in 2013, and it went to number one. And you will have heard Pompeii, even if you don't know Bastille, you will have heard of Pompeii, because it was fucking everywhere and as of february this year they've sold over nine million records worldwide which is just incredible their success just seems to go from strength to strength Uh, and i feel so grateful to have had this chat with woody today we dive into their rise in fame their success touring what it's like to be in a touring band uh becoming a dad, uh, a bit of brexit in there too the coolest people that he's met the coolest gigs that he's played um, and kind of the dark side of the music industry too and the stuff that maybe people don't really know so i hope you enjoy this chat i absolutely loved having it with him and yeah i was a bit drunk in the middle of it and you'll soon find out why so without further ado here is my chat with woody so, Woody, welcome. Hi. <laughs> this has been so quick. We he came and met me at the train station from Brighton about 10 minutes ago, it feels yep. like. Came in, set up, bish bash, bosh. Pro,
1: mate. Absolutely pro. Are.
0: So have you heard any of these episodes yet or before?
1: I've not no. Right okay, so fair. do Honestly. you know?
0: <laughs> I don't I literally couldn't care less. Do you uh, know the premise of it?
1: Uh, surprise me.
0: Okay, so got 70 of my all-time favourite ridiculously intrusive personal deep questions and woody you're just gonna pick a number between one and 70 and we're gonna start
1: i'm gonna go for number number eight
0: okay number eight do you think you're being your real self on social media
1: uh yeah i yeah because i don't i don't post every day constantly um I Did and spew what was on my brain, that would be probably career ending. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, what's
0: your general opinion on social media?
1: I mean, for my job as a musician, yeah, uh, it's kind of it's pretty much half the game now in terms of so want to go having good music. And obviously, if you're like the top upper echelons, elite, you can get away with ignoring it. But everyone nowadays, they, they want a piece of you, they want to know what you're doing, they want interaction because then, yeah, end everyone's got that like channel to speak to the, like whatever band or musician they like yeah so unnecessary evil um I kind of I don't know I'm a proper old man though because I've got I've got two kids but it's like I despair and worry what's going to be awaiting them down the line even things like um I met, I met my missus pre-tinder existing right and so I've had to go through the whole swiping left and right nonsense so let me tell you it's gross it's yeah it seems like a real like slog um but also like it makes you wonder like if you're at a bar and you try and meet someone chances are they're they're already pre-booked sorry i've got a date coming in in five minutes
0: oh god i had never actually thought of it like that that's so weird and that's not nice and i think i know it's i already sound like an old fogey saying this but it really feels like it takes away from just being able to have a conversation with someone in normal life. Like, also, people are just so attached to it.
1: Yeah. But also hearing, like, people, like, book two or three dates a night off that thing. It's just like...
0: Yeah. Oh. But I think, like you said, it probably is a necessary evil now. Because everyone's on it, you, that's kind of the only way to meet people now. is Because yeah. most people are on Hinge and Bumble or whatever the fuck it is.
1: I don't know. Well, whatever they're called. But <laughs> it's... Yeah. I, I'm, and then, like, kind of so many... Just even, like, in life in general, like, people aspiring to get likes or whatever. As in, like... Obviously, I'm part of the problem as well I'm, I'm posting things for trying to gain attention for promoting my stuff or whatever so it's like I'm not saying it's like you shouldn't do it but living your life by number of likes or retweets or whatever it's a bit like
0: yeah what do you think about Instagram taking away likes or oh, they're trialing that now are they yeah
1: I mean cool I
0: just, think that's cool isn't it
1: I mean also like, but the whole thing that there's, there's whole industry now of like buying them as well I think on will oh, box or whatever and it's just like
0: and followers too like I, I you get it but like when you apparently now the number one career that kids want to be is a YouTuber like yeah. it's something like 80% or something of kids you're just yeah. like and you can kind of see the appeal because they just look like they're having fun and it's loads of money and stuff but that's, it's always about the validation of fame it seems like it doesn't see, seem very is, va- vapid
1: yeah the whole thing's really voyeuristic too everyone likes to just peer in and even just like watching people but something I again I'll, I'll put my hands up being old fogey people with these like Twitch accounts where they're just filming themselves playing FIFA in their pants, talking about their day. and you get like 100,000 <laughs> people watching it. It's like... I know. Uh, have you ever seen that film, Idiocracy? No. It's basically where it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek comedy thing, but um, basically everyone who's really intelligent ends up prioritizing their careers and not breeding. There's oh. people who are really thick just keep on banging that kid to the point where a thousand years later, humanity is just absolutely demented.
0: Oh, God. So Why that, does that feel too close to home? It
1: feels, oh yeah. So then, uh, what was it? Luke Wilson gets frozen in time. He's this, like, bog-standard, like, pretty, pretty thick, by our kind of current-day standard soldier, wakes up in the future, and he's, like, the smartest man on Earth. They're, like, watering plants with Gatorade, all that sort of stuff. And... <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I need to watch this. I'm going to yeah. know it down. What is it called? Idiocracy. Idiocracy. It's really good. Is it, like, new? Uh,
1: that has been out for ages, but... Oh, what the fuck? It's kind of a little underground cult classic that one but yeah worryingly there's lots of parallels with that there's, a, there's a, a film in it where they're at the cinema watching a film called called Ass and it's just an ass in for like an hour what? And it's like we're kind of pretty close to that
0: oh no and especially with like reality TV Big Brother The yeah, Love Island love stuff Life. and I, I've got to fucking admit I love that shit I absolutely love it but it's got its
1: place mm.
0: like, when you can like when you kind of like step back and look at yourself watching it you're just like because I actually know that the only thing I get from it is just knowing that other people may like react a bit differently to things. Or I'm like, oh, I, I, I think I'd handle that better. Like I can yeah. feel my brain doing it. And I'm like, this is just making me feel better. That's the only reason I'm watching it, which is really fucked
1: up. But also, I don't know love it's, it's a bit of an odd one because none of it's real. Everyone knows that the cameras everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's like oh also the way like because I, I mean so i have to watch it because my mrs watches it and so i want to <laughs> yes, see everything then i have to get have to sit through it but um when they talk about oh yeah you know when we're on the outside it's like you're literally in prison <laughs> i know doesn't it doesn't sound about like that the outside
0: yeah i never thought of it like that that's fucked up mm. okay right next question Ooh, let's get boy, me to you. You this
1: hang on oh
0: you got me a present <gasps> yeah <gasps> Really?
1: Taste the point.
0: Oh my god, guys, he's got me Plymouth gin.
1: Um, I bought Navy Strength by accident.
0: But, wait, does that mean it's going to absolutely kill me?
1: Apparently that's, uh, according to the bottle, that's strong enough to like gunpowder.
0: Holy shit, so if I did a shot now, You'd I'd die? be mortal, yeah. I kind of want to do a shot.
1: I'll do it.
0: You want to do it? Oh, you're I'm picking on. up your kids in like I'm driving, man, a yeah. minute. <laughs> Oh you my can. god, Woody, thank you so it's much, that right? is like, literally so kind of you. Yeah, we're actually both from Plymouth, that's and it. I feel like that's been the connection throughout. When did we, well not like throughout, but like,
1: I were feel we, like at some
0: point we figured that out, and we were like, oh shit.
1: We first crossed paths, um, not paths, paths. Path. I know, I was right. talking
0: to my friend about this, Okay.
1: So um Yeah, just saying how it's spelled. there's no R in path. Exactly. Um, we first crossed paths because you did a cover of Floors. Yeah. I think that's pre us even getting a record deal and stuff, so um see with your youtube following and whatnot that was like oh he's just came a girl girl she's just done this and it's like all of a sudden like the like the kind of the myspace plays went up (laughs) really (laughs) i didn't know that yeah yeah yeah
0: that's fucking cool yeah because i i remember i remember doing that and being like man this band's fucking cool like they're gonna go really far and then fuck me did floors blow up and then bombay uh... came and jesus christ um but yeah was was it some was it you telling me there was like you were in a school or doing a talk or something and, like, uh, they they mentioned, like, how did... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I can't remember.
1: It's basically all down to you is what it was, yeah. <laughs> Fuck
0: off, was it all down to me? Um, yeah, because at that Leopalooza, mm. I'm, Dan was quite drunk at this point, and I was too. But I was shitting myself because he was like, yeah, you should come and sing Floors with us later. And you were headlining at this point, and... I knew in my heart of hearts, I was like, "I ain't fucking doing that." i would no? be way too n- nothing in me would have got me on that stage, even though I know it would have been the most insane, crazy experience. I was like, "I do not have the confidence for that shit."
1: I'll tell you who did something similar. This is an absolute blatant name drop, but sod it. Uh, Rick Astley came up with us and saying, "I saw this
0: photo yeah. the other day. What was that like?" So,
1: I say first of all, he's the nicest man you'll ever meet. Really, absolute, that like, really genuine, me. Um, just really down to earth, and um, didn't say no to a single autograph or photo. From us, obviously, the rest of it, everyone else could get lost. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like basically, so he was playing before us, and we watched it and like thought it was, it was great. And then our tour manager kind of ran into him. Yep, yeah, strong. It's like Jesus. for for listeners at home, Kate just had that. a big big sniff of the old Navy strength gym. Oh, what a proper job that is. <laughs> oh my god! Go on, get Rudy, it thank you so much. Pleasure. She's still doing it. Refreshing.
0: I'm gonna go with no. Mm. Oh my god, I can literally feel it burning my throat.
1: That's the feeling of ecstasy right there.
0: Oh wow, where's this gonna take us? Yeah, Carry anyway, on. Anyway. So
1: yeah, Rick Astley. So uh, yeah, we basically got chatting to him and he's like, Do you wanna come and sing Pompeii with us? He's like, Yeah, I sort of know it. So unrehearsed, Isle of White, main stage, TV the lot. The the boy just got up and. Oh had a, had my go. god,
0: Who, how the fuck does anyone have gumption like that? I I'd mean, be shitting myself. It's Rick Astley. There right? is only
1: one, one Rick Astley, so.
0: Who's the coolest person you've ever met, and who's the fucking worst person you've ever met? Uh,
1: worst person I won't say because <laughs> take, take off mic. Um, coolest person. I mean, we all, we, we're generally pretty well behaved when it comes to meeting like famouses and stuff, but we lost our absolute shit meeting Steve Coogan a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, wait, Steve, he's, um, Alan Partridge. Yes. And
1: so we went, we went from, yeah, we some indie guys in the band to, uh, giggling schoolgirls. Like, oh my goodness, that Yeah, just lost all cool. And he's like, yeah, I think my daughter likes you.
0: <laughs> kind of knows your name yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. a little Leave bit. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's so funny. Right, wait, where did we get to? Oh, you gave me the gym before we got the question. Yeah, pressure. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, right. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Number.
1: Number 21.
0: 21. Okay. What's been the highlight and the low light of your year so far?
1: My year so far? Uh... Highlight Easy's Glastonbury.
0: Oh my god, I've watched I've watched it like the whenever it was up on BBC iPlayer and yeah. I was like, fuck me, you guys look like you're having the time of your well, life. For
1: us it's like, well again, being from the West Country, it's like is like the one anyway. Mm-hmm. But then I think we're very much like a Glasgow band, and that's our fifth time playing it. But it kind of gradually crept up like the sort of stage rankings, if you will, every time. The first time we played there, uh we only got given two tickets for the band of four. Dan had bought his ticket anyway. Kyle had to get smuggled in like on site on the Wednesday inside a sofa, like in the back of a lorry. Oh my like, god. World War II cross the border sort of style. And then he spent two days living in a merch tent before playing to
0: They are stingy as fuck with they tickets, are stingy, aren't they? Yes. Like so stingy. When me and Dan did the BBC Introducing, yeah, it was literally just just you two, and I think yeah. we had to like get in crew some other way.
1: Yeah, it was like beg borrow still Yeah,
0: we are just like, why fucking put on a band if not going to let them have their um, band members? Gives
1: a hand, yeah. But um, yeah, highlight yeah, so to, do, to do pyramid was like abso- and it was like perfect weather. Um, brought my family down and stuff. So like they're side of stage watching it, and like I think we had, I like ninety thousand people or something at the front. They reckoned
0: Shit, do you still get nervous before shows?
1: not well for that one I was excited rather than nervous but it's like if i can't play Pompeii right by now i did not deserve to be in the job been <laughs> yeah. long enough but 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 playing the, the new album stuff is quite nervy because like after a while like i think when you see any band or artist when they're playing after a while uh it looks quite natural and they can whatever pull stupid poses but it's just because they play that song a thousand times yeah so muscle memory is like a big thing when it's a new song that isn't there yet so i'm having to concentrate like don't forget this bit in verse two i do this thing and change there and yeah, got this list of things in your head. Like, yeah. don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. But now it's kind of, they, they're getting more more sort of bedded in there, so I can, I can relax again.
0: Yeah, are you good under pressure?
1: I think so, yeah. Like we've done, like, the most high-pressure one was definitely, we did SNL, and so that was in 2014? 15, 14, 20, 2014. So that was, like, that's proper live-to-air, um, like, primetime US TV. Shit. Like, if you fuck up, everyone's going to know. And did you? No.
0: Thank God for that. I, I, I feel like I physically couldn't do it. I feel like I've gone the opposite way. I swear you're meant to get more confident with age and I'm like yeah. retreating. Like, no, can't do any of this. Too scary.
1: But weirdly, like when when the song I think is like so ingrained, like I, I've i done it before where if we say like into week five of like a big long US tour or something, it's like you kind of like, cat the show off Whatever I start playing then you just kind of zone out a little bit. So I'm thinking about daft crap. Like I've got to fix this thing when I get home. All of a sudden you, you come to and you're like five songs further in. And you're like, shit. I'm yeah, gonna it's fuck such it. muscle yeah.
0: memory by that point. I've, I've had a few of those times where I'm like, I got into the stupid mindset of I am going to forget these lyrics. Like I'm going to forget them. And it was so ingrained in my head at that point. That I had to have like the lyrics to every song yeah. on my phone. Even though I knew I wasn't going to because it was muscle memory. Your brain can fuck you up if you uh, let it. Overthinking is the worst. Yeah, right?
1: So I, I got myself into a real hole on um, last us tour for wild world which was like bleh, two years ago and song on there called send them off which it's it's tough to play because it's like a real pro uh, for you for you nerds out there it's a, a swung c-swing programmed on logic so like like a certain mechanical hip-hop feel that we did on purpose so um on the record like we programmed the beat and then i'm playing bits on top of it but then we thought i oh, will figure out playing it later so to actually perform it With this, oh yeah, also there's a daft bit where I overdubbed a pint glass. Was it a pint glass? Yeah, pint glass. Oh yeah,
0: someone mentioned that in the questions. Yeah,
1: and then, um, so I said, obviously, I can't play a pint glass on stage, it's just going to be smashed every night. Um, So I had to put this with these like two uh, different sized bells together, upside down, clamped together, so it it sounds a bit metallic when you hit it, and it's kind of close enough to the sort of the the, the pitch of what was on the record. So I'm playing that, which is swung in a certain way, versus the beat, which is swung in another way, and it took me. Ages to get it down. I had like full tantrums, meltdown. Okay. Anyway, I got it down. Playing it fine on tour for like a year, and then just one. T- it was in Las Vegas, so there's a uh, a venue called. Oh, fuck my God. I want to say the Metropolitan. It's not that. Basically, one of the one of the casinos. The entire venue. It's like three thousand people. It's it's on springs, so cause it basically that makes it soundproof from the rest of the hotel. Right. But when the audience jumps, the room is literally rocking. As Gosh. in, like, I was grabbing cymbal stands for falling over. It was moving that much. Oh my not, God. Not, not a little. I was like, I felt seasick when we we're doing it. But doing that, because um, my kit's moving around, I balls up the song. But I was like, okay, whatever. But then we did Coachella the next day. Like oh, my pressure. God, the pressure. And then it's just in my head. It's like, oh, I hope I don't balls it up. And then my foot just, like, locked up. I just couldn't play it properly. And it took me two and a half, three weeks to get over it on the tour. Oh my God. So I was doing like an hour after sound check every day just playing the beat again and again and again and again. And and then it's fine. Get on stage, meltdown.
0: Oh my God. Your brain is like so your worst like enemy when it comes to stuff like that because... And you know, like, even when I'll be, like, recording something or, like, learning something on piano and you're like, fuck yeah, I've got it. And then as soon as you press record, you do the same "Ah." fucking thing every time. You're like, literally, brain, I've just taught this to you. You got it right. It's crazy what it can do. It freaks me out.
1: Yeah. But (laughs) you can see why people kind of get get themselves, like, like worked up if they're, like, even, like, I think I'm pretty calm. But I just... It was just in a rage by the end of it. So and also <laughs> it, it was it was the opening song of the set every night. Really so oh, God. So just spent the whole time building up to it and it's like fucked it so like rest of the gig's And even that as well,
0: like knowing the build up, you're just constantly thinking, it's coming, it's coming, yeah. it's coming. And that just fucks it up. It's yeah. the worst. And so low light of the year so far?
1: Low light of the year. Um pfft. This will probably go out once we'll this happened? I'm guessing Boris Johnson being can- <laughs> oh, yeah. Is
0: that tomorrow? That's uh, look- yeah. looking like it's going to be tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday.
0: Fucking hell. We are in an absolute.
1: I've never known it to be as bad as this.
0: It's just... ridiculous. I mean, I have never really paid much attention to politics until Russell Brand did his like, yeah. thing a couple of years ago.
1: Fuck it not even. <laughs> Everyone don't vote. Well, that was that, didn't it?
0: I know. Now Definitely. we're actually all fucked.
1: Yeah. It feels
0: like. What, is Brexit going to affect you and your, like, touring life? Um,
1: well, I mean, no one knows is the honest answer because yeah, they don't know touring. how it's going to stand. Um, if it goes to what it's like with touring... So, for instance, for the US, we have to get visas and stuff. Like, for a band of our size, an organisation will be fine, I imagine. I mean, they're going to want us to tour over there and vice versa. and So they'll probably it'll be like a working visa, I suppose. But the real heartbreaking thing is, like, so many bands that are starting out at the minute can just get in a van like oh we have offered a gig in berlin we'll just go and do it and don't need to, any any paperwork anything like just go yeah do it. it's and, just so
0: not going to be that simple yeah. anymore
1: but also just like on a big i mean i won't go off on off one like politics but like so my missus is half greek half german so like um like if it wasn't for open borders then a family probably wouldn't have moved to and it's like you, you think about all the kind of relationships friendships whatever people wouldn't, wouldn't meet Without this sort of... Uh, like I've, got, I've got friends in Belgium, friends in Germany, like Norway. It's, yeah. And it's just... They can just pop over for the weekend or whatever if, it's, if they so choose at the minute or if I go live there for a, a bit, I yeah. can. But it's just, yeah, it's such a colossal backward step. Um, and It's all being engineered by a very wealthy elite who mm-hmm. don't give a fuck I
0: don't I don't know where where the hell the end is either like when this feels like it's going to end because it feels like it's just going to go on and on and we're going to be living with these repercussions for years to come
1: but it's also like three years of wasted time so yeah, far yeah like literally like, nothing yeah NHS is still crumbling da, 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 da. there's like so many bits that actually need addressing not arguing over whether or not I people are like, oh, out because fucking Muslims. just like well I don't know any are there any Islamic states in yeah europe and people
0: are just i think people are just so shrouded in fear they're making all of these decisions out of fear that's i mean i don't want to like um alienate half of the population because i'm Mm. sure there are a lot of conservatives listening maybe but it feels like all these decisions are just out of fear it's just that's all it is like also
1: like no one's come back with said, i just give me like like sell it to me they're like we voted out, we have to leave. Like, no, 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 yeah. But what's what's the good side? We voted out, we have to leave. That's yeah, all you get. Exactly. It's like, a, like a broken loop. Yeah. Um, so it's depressing.
0: It is really... I, to be honest, for my own mental sanity, I tend to just, like, avoid anything political now because I pretty much... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just know it's going to be shit every day and yeah. it just... It gets you down.
1: And it's just... Yeah, sorry. Also, I should probably... Caveat. Um, as I was saying, obviously, going on about Islamic states or whatever, is in, like, whatever... Uh, it just, it, it's just, like... Um, Back in the 30s, it was it was Jews. Yeah. And in modern day, it's like people are picking on Muslims. Yeah, it's always something it's and someone. S- someone other or someone act like outsiders, ooh, bad. The scapegoat yeah, yeah, every yeah. time,
0: yeah. Have you... Is Chrissy... She's got like a citizenship then. That's not like a problem for her.
1: Oh, no, well, no. She's she's German national.
0: Awesome. All right. So, oh, fuck. So, not awesome. Does that well, mean, I mean... Does she have to apply again then for
1: uh, citizenship or something? We'll figure it out, I guess. But it's right. like until something happens. But um, her mum... She's like, I came here legally. Fuck you, I'm not flying back. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. for
0: her. I am um, my best friend. She is married, a Canadian, and just being like close to that and watching them now have to go through. Luckily, he's coming here on a student visa, and that's he is actually going to be a student. But you just know that at some point that's going to have to change, and he's gonna have to try citizenship, and yeah, like, it could really fuck up people's lives. Like it's, it does. It, it blows my mind, and I know this is such a hippie way of thinking about it, but you zoom out. And you just see this earth and you're like, we're putting in all these imaginary borders and you're just like, literally, why? I Mm. don't understand it.
1: Also, like, on immigration is like, there are already fairly strict immigration rules in place anyway.
0: Yeah. Like, what? Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway.
0: It makes me sad. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Fuck Brexit. Fuck Brexit. (laughs) Fuck Boris. He's a cunt. Yes. Um, Okay. Pick another number. Uh,
1: Number 44.
0: (laughs) Do you know what? That gin is really...
1: Like You're feeling buzzed?
0: Yeah, I mean, I might have another little sip. a little as well. Fuck me, it really burnt though. Um, is there any... Oh, this is funny actually that I said to you earlier about being going on stage with you guys and me being like, yes. nope, never would have done it. Is there anything you regret not do- doing due to fear? Uh... you seem like a pretty fearless individual I say i'm
1: fearless uh, I fucking hate heights do uh, you um
0: would you ever like do any crazy height will and, shit?
1: will and dan went skydiving uh, me and Kyle went to the pub me and Kyle had a much nicer time i reckon <laughs> um not really yeah like, there not there, there aren't any things i could look, look back and kick myself like i really wish i'd done that yeah um
0: do you are you like the type of guy to have any regrets anyway, or do you kind of be like a no regret well, type person?
1: I guess I'm obviously there's things you could have done better or whatever, but ultimately everything that's happened, good and bad, has led to being here. I'm quite happy where I am. Completely I agree. You so yeah. Um, also, it can't all be sunshine and light the whole time.
0: No, because you physically can't have the uh, the good without the bad. Yeah. What's your like view? Do you have like a kind of world view like Spiritually type... Anything, anything that kind of gets you through? Do you feel like there's something bigger uh, or like...
1: It's not hard to be nice and don't be a dickhead. Right, so <laughs> super
0: simple rules.
1: Yeah, I think it's coming from so many people who are just entitled and whatever and up their ass and... um Or look, looking down upon others or whatever. It's like, thinking back to politics again, it's like, oh, fucking refugees was coming here it's like well if someone's a refugee they're seeking refuge Yeah, it's in the name <laughs> yeah. like they're probably trying to avoid well they're probably fleeing their home city getting blown up but
0: and you know that if yeah. it was them in that position they'd be like well why but the fuck are these I people I guarantee
1: if you sat like a dad of three from Syria down with like a dad from Slough and like the, I imagine 90% of their concerns are pretty much similar like kids are fucking expensive second one's not doing enrolled at school this is in my head And da, 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 I'll keep the wife happy whatever it's like I imagine they find a lot of common ground
0: yeah exactly
1: so yeah it's that whole uh looking down on people just because of labels all yeah. that sort of thing that does me spare
0: yeah i i used to go on a tie rave when i was in school like my thing what i was really passionate about was stereotyping because right back <laughs> back when i was in school i imagine the same like skaters and emos oh, yeah. and goths and all that Ur- stuff. Got up, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly literally exactly that and that used to piss me off so much because I, I guess I was probably a bit of an in-betweener, kind of just friends with everyone. Yeah. But you'd see, like, the really popular people completely, like, bullying, emo, whatever it was. And I remember just finding that so fucking unfair. Maddening, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's basically the same
1: now, isn't it? But then, yeah, well, I think quite, yeah, I think about stereotypes. The stereotype is often that the kids who kind of excel at school, in terms of, like like, socially you really end up doing sort of nothing jobs and it's the ones that are kind of a bit downtrodden and end up being like captains of industry or whatever or <laughs> wildly successful yeah in their, in whatever they, they want to do eventually but obviously that's a very big generalization but <laughs> yeah i it's yeah, school's a funny thing but then I, I guess when you're a kid as well you no one's like anyone that says they're really sure of themselves when they're 16 is talking shit
0: oh completely
1: so i guess kind of aligning yourself to like a certain tribe yeah can be kind of reassuring or at least you, you, know how you are supposed to behave or look in, a, in certain situations, perhaps.
0: Yeah. So. What we what was school like for you?
1: I really enjoyed it. So um, I went to all boys school. Which um, one did you go to? DHS. Oh yeah, we said spoke about this in the day. Devonport High School for Boys in Plymouth. <laughs> um, and you went to the same school as my sister. Not your hmm. Oh yeah, At the road, mate. Um
0: Were we the same age? How was your sister?
1: Uh, she is thirty one.
0: Oh, so she would have been a couple of years above me.
1: Yeah. Probably bullied you.
0: <laughs> Wait, maybe she was in my sister-in-law's year. Well, de- how funny! We mm. probably know quite a lot of the same people. It wouldn't surprise me. No,
1: um, sorry, I digress. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed school. Um, kind of had, I, like, I was really fortunate. So it, it's, it's a good school. It's quite supportive, and uh, there's lots going on. And if you really want to pursue something, they back you. So like, like, they're really strong on music and sports and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I think I'm pretty good at music. I'm fucking shit at sport, but I love it all <laughs> yeah. the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, some of my, my best mates still, I'm, I'm in touch with, like, we see regularly from Amazing. there, so, um, yeah, it's quite a happy time. Where um, did
0: you fall in the rankings of labels and...
1: Um, I wasn't a skater, because I couldn't skate, uh, I wasn't a goth, I don't know, I was kind of, I was probably a bit of an in-betweener, but playing music and being in bands kind of helped lend a certain level of, well, I, was, I wasn't cool, but... Yeah, I guess that was, that was my thing. I was always, like, the guy who plays drums.
0: Yeah. When did you start playing drums?
1: Well, I was 11. So oh, wow. So last, like, last, last term of primary school.
0: And did you just, like, take to it immediately? Did you love it?
1: A little bit. So my, my dad um, is still a uh, guitarist and singer, like, playing around Plymouth and stuff. So Amazing. So I grew up kind of watching him play with bands, like, since I was, like, tiny. And then foolishly i thought by playing drums i wouldn't have to learn to read music oh, right. turns out that was bullshit um but yes yeah, so i started doing that initially and because uh, i tried guitar in like primary school and the teacher was crap trying to teach you twinkle twinkle little star and, oh like, wow i don't want to play that yeah Um uh, yeah drums obviously it's kind of everyone wants to play drums in terms of just it's fun give it a whack that's the sound it's yeah kind of instant gratification yeah um but yeah so i did it from then and then had lessons all through school and dad dragged me around plymouth from major like kind of 13 14 like whenever his drummer couldn't make it, and just you know, kind of kind of fill in.
0: Your dad must be so proud. Oh, he, he loves it. Yeah, does he? Absolutely loves it. Does he like come to lots of shows and stuff?
1: Yeah. So um, came to. <laughs> he, he was actually a little, um, a little bit teary after glastonbury as well. Oh, I <laughs> bet. Year, yeah. Fucking hell, you
0: wouldn't you wouldn't be able to not be teary watching your son up there.
1: Yeah. Um. After the Brits as well, like I rang him. <laughs> He's literally crying on the phone to me. It's really sweet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And then, so, what age did you meet, Dan? Like, when did you start being so like, I, this is what I want to fucking do?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so I went to music college in Guildford, um, which...
0: Is that A? And that's, that's not a good me Okay. It's fine, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, my degree came with a big old Mickey Mouse stamp on it, pretty much. Oh, but, right, okay, yeah. good. Um, but uh, I did meet Mark uh, Crew, who's Bastille's producer. So, we were mates in uni, and then um, we moved to London at a similar time after that and just did the usual thing playing in bands playing in bars just anything to avoid a real job sort of thing um so I, I met dan because i was broke and uh i was temping at the time as well and it was just trying to do temping stuff and bands in the evening was just impossible
0: yeah what like, were you temping at? I was like receptionist all sorts of and shit. shit
1: like yeah office jobs like um inputting data for british american tobacco oh
0: god um That is bleak,
1: dreary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, On like fuck all money as well, and uh, yeah. So I was like, I I cannot do this and music at the same time. So I I had to find some way of just covering the bills doing music. So dad was like, Why don't you teach drums? So uh, he helped me do a flyer drop around like around Wimbledon sort of area, and uh, yeah, did about three thousand odd flyers. Probably got three students and a band because then Dan lived about four rows down. From where I was staying at the time. And um, he's found me up thinking I was going to be some old boy. He's like, Can You recommend any students? Like, I need a drummer. I was like, Dude, I'm 22. I'll be, I'll be in your band. so really? Yeah, met him in a pub. And then that was that. So, yeah, we played together, like, kind of under his name and various other guises for, like, kind of 18 months, two years. So, I did, like, a lot of sort of groundwork around then, met people and played at all the empty bars and, like, the usual kind of rites of passage. And then, uh, we were kind of like Spinal Tap, but with bass players in terms of Spinal Tap, keep killing drummers. We kept killing bass players. <laughs> right. Will was like the fifth one, but really, he's still here now, thankfully. What, so... just
0: because they were like shit or?
1: No, just, um, like, Did... like some, some could, because at the time it was like a very sort of a bit left field off the wall. Right. It wasn't quite as, as like uh, radio friendly now. Okay. Yeah. Now. So, uh, yeah, some, some stayed, some left and then yeah, we'll stuck with it. And then we picked up Kyle, um, quite literally at a party really yeah we were going around trying to find like like an extra person um we need someone to like, do keys in a bit of production You'd, like sample stuff i'm just asking everyone but basically i think we must have asked about 94 people to join our band they're like no no no
0: oh but, my god i bet they're all fucking yeah, kicking themselves now
1: a little bit but uh kyle said yes so then we kind of went away for a, uh, a summer dan came back with like a new batch of songs which were like i'd say a lot more radio friendly so things like i think the first bastille songs were like things you lost in the fire and daniel in the den and that absolute sort of stuff. tunes uh thanks mate um and floors as well um so yeah kind of all went from there
0: man do you yeah. kind of believe in like serendipity and like how the fuck did i get here from this like
1: it feels surreal um
0: it's correct like what a story right like you're just handing yeah. around flyers one day and then all of a sudden you're playing glass pyramid stage it's like how the fuck did we get here yeah.
1: i mean it's quite a big step from those two things yeah think, but, <laughs> true there's a lot um, of work in between but no, I, I, I finally I, like mentioned my dad is like he's always saying about like if you just keep putting yourself out there in the marketplace, I guess, but I guess this, this applies to anyone, like any sort of whatever industry or uh career they want to pursue. It's like it's the, but also like just like from people that I went to college with. There's people who were really talented, but didn't didn't want it enough. Yeah, just gave up too easily. It's you a quite one, it's literally ones just, just have to keep going. Yeah, just be the last one standing, and you'll hopefully get to where, where you want to be. It's yeah, quite, it's true quite often. And also, like um you don't have to be the best. Just like I say, don't be a dickhead. Like if. Uh the option is take the shit hot guitarist who is absolutely a nightmare when they're drunk or take the one who's pretty good but really sound and easy to hang out with. They are going to choose the easy to hang out with one. Yeah, that's so time. true,
0: isn't it? Cuz like if you're going to be on tour with these people and basically living with them for x amount of time, yeah. you'd so much rather you get cuz getting on with them is what's going to keep the band alive, not yeah. the, the do you know. And what also, I
1: mean? you're you're on stage for 5% of tour. The rest of it's waiting and travelling and sleeping. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Just don't be a dickhead.
0: Don't be a dickhead. Yeah. It's just, it's such a crazy story. I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is through the grapevine of the music industry, that Radio 1 didn't really want to play you, and then you just, was Pompeii was just fucking huge, that they were like, we uh, actually have to play them now.
1: I don't think that's true. I mean, like, they, they've they been one of our biggest supporters. Really? Yeah, and continue to be, thankfully. L- love you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm but, sure they won't be listening to this. But no, they, um, I think it was Hugh Stevens gave overjoyed to spin right or two. and then zane when he was still there he played bad blood a couple of times and then Floors, if Floors went to number 21 it may have made like the c-list or something right and then pompey was like the animal that just no one could catch basically it just had a mind of its own
0: what was that like like what was the moment where pompey took off and you were like what the fuck this feels like very different to what we've done before
1: it's, it's weird because like everyone else thinks we formed a band wrote some songs Recorded them, put Pompeii out. Here we are. Yeah. It's like, it's such as like a slow burn for like years before the slugs that.
0: The slogs as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So even when Pompeii was taken off for us, it just felt like a real sort of like gentle incline. Really. Yeah. 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 Because um, also, so when you're, if you're ever fortunate enough to be in that position, it's like, uh, if you've got a decent agent, they're like booking, booking venues that they know you can fill. So if it's on the up, all of a sudden all these venues are like rammed, and it's like the hottest ticket in town. So it, it feels quite exciting. So every venue you step up it's like it's fault, it's fault, it's fault. um so rather than just going from like pub to arena you're taking these stepping stones along the way right and just kind of try i guess kind of fan the flames a little bit and build it up but like pompey took us to places and pro- probably skewed our reality a little bit we thought oh, it? is this, so it's for everyone like going to the grammys and um even just like random like um like parties and stuff you get invited to like, like, like we don't play that game at all in terms of the whole like socialite yeah nonsense. i can't
0: see you guys doing that at nah. all
1: I mean, like, we, we actively try and avoid it whereas like some people play that game really well um or like uh if i like, chatted to um ella Air, who like she talked with us it was times like she's she's like i i think she's fucking great obviously wicked singer she's a writer she's also got like a, a very old head on young shoulders as well um, yeah, she's, she's
0: gone through a lot as well. She? She's really
1: switched on. Yeah, but um, like just kind of saying like, um, for us, we can as an indie band, blokes, we can literally look like we've just rolled out of bed, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. And she's like, for like a female solo artist, it's like if you if you seen wearing the same outfit twice, or your hair's not quite right. They're like, oh, she's slipping. Yeah, that's so
0: true. It's yeah, so Yeah, That's brutal. Isn't yeah. It?
1: So like, so yeah, like so, quite often, female artists will have, well, even like like female band members as well, will have like a stylist with them, or whatever, because it's just. That's the the impression it gives off if you don't yeah. look after yourself.
0: Did you uh, did you guys ever have to go through the whole let's try and style you like label shit
1: um, to a point? Because like, I
0: can't I can't imagine any of you guys being like yeah let's dress I mean, up. but like
1: I don't think it's, it's there anything terribly outlandish. No, it's like it's not like we're like wearing like full body paint or something. Yeah, <laughs> in a desert, like, with <laughs> yeah. the, with like eagles flying around or something. But um, yeah, I mean obviously there's like some input and um, mainly because for like press or whatever, they they don't want you being in the same t-shirt and yeah. 94 pictures. Though so They'll have, have things that they rotate and yeah. recommend. But it, like, it all needs to look within a certain like scope of what the band sounds like. For instance, if we all turned up like looking like goths with like white makeup and stuff. Oh my
0: God, I'd love to see that. <laughs> I would
1: love to see that. <laughs> Maybe at Halloween, you never yeah. know. Um, so yeah, and obviously if you're also d- like dressed up like grime MCs, we'd look ridiculous as well. So it needs to be within a certain scope, I guess, of just... yeah uh plausibility
0: yeah what's the like what's the darkest bit about being in like a successful band? um what's the bit that people were like because it's glamorized obviously massively yeah. but their bits are like man you don't see this this shit
1: it's not very glamorous it's just honest. it is
0: a lot of waiting around
1: yeah it's a lot of waiting around um as in that's not to say boo poor me is like I, I absolutely love it and i know we're incredibly fortunate even, like, so, it's the other thing with the industry that people maybe don't realise is, like, everyone thinks the goal is to get a record deal, but they don't realise that's just step one. Yeah. Like, there's bands... And so
0: many people fail at that step, too. Like, yeah. you get there, and then that's... You're still fucked up to that. Like, part. there's a
1: band who we toured with, um, in fact, who were at Leo Palooza as well, um, called Swiss Lips from Manchester, and, like, mate, I still got their um, their album, like, Saved Summer. Yeah, like, their album's wicked. It's like a really, really good pop band. And for whatever reason, it was like label stuff or radio stuff. Something went 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 one eighty at the last minute, and they went from being like about to go to just they're gone. Oh. And it's like you hear that story, or you, you hear stories of labels signing signing an act that's kind of similar to an act they're about to push, just to basically shelve them, right? So then to kind of like take, like it, 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 it's a business; it's just yeah. like so cutthroat.
0: So cutthroat. It's so fickle as well. Yeah, oh god, it's brutal. Like people are people are all in it one minute and then the next they will happily never talk to you again. you just yeah. like, Yeah. Well you what
1: but think of people making decisions who like started out in the fucking post room or something. Yeah. It's like, oh now I'm director of this, that and the other like you used to make the tea. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you play guitar? No, you don't play anything. Okay, right. So yeah. yeah. I think
0: um I think we had the kind of like a backwards journey with Metal Art. Like the first year but our first gig was with you guys Mm. at Coventry and then yeah and then Gabrielle gave us her tour and then we had Lewis Watson at the end like it was a really great year for us and it was our first year so we were like again much like you were saying with Pompeii kind of gave us a skewed version of reality we were like oh this is just going to keep getting better and better better." but it literally it's just and I don't going downhill from there maybe is a bit too harsh but it seems to have gone backwards like that Mm. was our peak then and the past kind of five years or four years we've been like scratching to stay anywhere near where we were then and I think the music industry has just beaten Dan and I down so much like it's just it's so brutal and if you don't if you don't have everything kind of perfect you're just kind of screwed no matter the music you make especially with Spotify being an absolute mystery and yet it's the only thing really that people get music from nowadays
1: yeah it's just it's fucked. But it's constantly morphing. Like, people, like, labels even are kind of guessing a little bit as to how it's best to launch an artist because it's like, I mean, when we started, um, people were still buying CDs. Yeah, fucking yeah. Um, which makes us sound like a, dinosaurs now, <laughs> if you think about it. But um, in fact, yeah, we were the, like, we were the, we, we kind of really came up when streaming first became big. So, like, we were, like, the most streamed band in the UK one year, which is great. But now, um, social media seems to have taken over as well because you see, like, um someone like uh lewis capaldi so tour with us he's like nicest guy as well you ever meet he's like top top boy but then um his presence now because obviously he's also genuinely hilarious people like him as much for his instagram as, as his tunes obviously he's got a great voice and whatever so that's that whole kind of complete package it's not just like the one thing are oh, you you're really funny or you're really you're really good at music you need to have all these little yeah. other elements to your bow so it's kind of all of a sudden, it's like, right, you got the album, good to go. Like, right, who can do some funny shit on Twitter or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Or start a Twitter beef or something. It's, yeah, people want this. I don't it, it, also, it's content engagement. So you're saying about Spotify, like, I can see, a, well, imminently, albums being a thing of the past in terms of everyone is geared towards New Music Friday and playlists. So it's kind of, you're, you're better off doing, like, say, an EP and just drip-feeding it once a week just to keep getting on these playlists. And um, I've heard people talk about when they're writing or doing co-writes, um is it spotify enough so like i think if you don't get us don't get like a key hook or a vocal in the first sort of six seconds that's the they reckon that's where people start skipping the next oh, song wow so that's that makes like, me
0: so sad so it's,
1: it's literally affecting how music is now structured
0: yeah that's so sad isn't yeah, it yeah. especially when you think like growing up like I maybe mean, i didn't have the most eclectic music taste i did just love pop music from day one but like i loved like, Baroom 5, for example, Songs About Jane, still one of my mm. all-time favourite albums. But I remember going home, putting that in the CD player and, like, sitting with the booklet and mm. the lyrics and just going through each one and absolutely loving it. But even I, being a music fan like that, I don't digest music like that anymore either. Like, no. I'm much more kind of, oh, I like this song on Spotify, I'll add it to my playlist. Like, it, I just don't digest it the same way, so how can but I also, explain why
1: also, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, I've literally just carry my phone in my pocket and I've got the entire world of music pretty much yeah. There, rather than like, lugging around like mini-discs or a whole bag full of CDs or whatever. It's yeah. Might like, be used to, but... Also, in a weird way, it's kind of democratizing because if people like it, they'll play it. Like They aren't being forced to buy a certain CD and like take a punt. Yeah. It's kind of... If a song's climbing, it's because people are listening to it.
0: Yeah. Although we found the opposite thing where Fly, for example, has done really well on Spotify, mm. but it doesn't translate to like people coming to shows almost because it's getting played in like coffee shops and stuff but no Mm. one's everyone's just having coffee and talking to their friend no one do you know what i mean it's just background music so it's been racking up the plays and yet it doesn't feel like there's much to show for it
1: yeah but but, but maybe that also feeds back into the whole kind of social media thing maybe people aren't connecting what what they hear with what you guys look like for instance yeah or or the the people who are like um, Which is
0: why MySpace was so good back in the day because yeah. it was all in one. You had everything. You had the player, you had the band photos, where it seems so separate now. You just hear this disembodied voice and you'll never really know who it is. Yeah. Unless they're on Shazam or something.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, God, yeah. like Shazam, <laughs> Shazam charts are a thing now as well. Was yeah. Like, oh, you get getting Shazam loads. Like, it's. it's, it's... Tracking on there as well. It's just there's so many facets to it, and I.
0: Yeah, it must be so weird being like a successful band in this era where it is all changing, mm. going from like the CDs to Spotify. You've been right in the middle of it all, and somehow yeah. still came out on top.
1: But also, I say like if you can build build your fan base, like like I said, like we we toured loads, and loads, and loads, and loads, and loads. Like we didn't just jump from pubs to arenas. Yeah. So um obviously, if you do well at festivals as well, that helps, and then. Oh, there's just so many aspects to it. It's think thing. It's like, everyone's like, what's the secret? It's like, there isn't one. It's just, you need lots and lots of tiny plates spinning yeah. constantly. And they all uh, like amount to a big plate.
0: Yeah. And also that's the other thing about the music industry is that no one has a fucking clue what they're doing really, because no one knows how this new artist that's coming out next week that's going to do really well no one knows how that's going to happen it just happens yeah so these labels are like right we'll we'll get this this and this and that will lead to that like no it won't you never know what's going to connect you could think that a single one's going to connect and actually it's some random song that no one gives a sh- shit about that yeah. does and then that gets on and of that like and so when people are like what do i do what's the advice i'm like it's different for literally everyone so yeah. just go like start down the road and you'll just figure it out along the way yeah
1: but also what's interesting in terms of like the old model must well caught the old model of like release singles release albums sold those tickets, etc is like because everyone's chopping and changing which in a way is great because i like everything from pop to grime to metal to everything else in between uh just not country <laughs> um
0: what do you think of old town road
1: i love the story behind it
0: it's a cool story isn't but it? the
1: fact that like they tried to shut it down and ended up making it the, the biggest song of the year <laughs> yeah. by accident it's crazy it was incredible um so yeah that that i quite like but we're now heading to a period where everyone's complaining every year about like, the glastonbury headline like, or oh, oh, oh it's foo fighters again for reading sort of thing it's like but bands aren't being or art, artists even aren't being given the chance to build up unless you're some like like a sheeran or often like 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 an adele or whoever but who's going to be the next bands to headline will come through because people aren't sticking with bands for more than an album or two if yeah that.
0: that's so true I'm um, so sad
1: and kicking off because like Kendrick's doing reading like, well, he's one of the biggest acts in the world and everyone went fucking crazy when he turned up as well so yeah. it's like see for yourself
0: yeah what are you guys thinking then in terms of this new era like are you, you still like we still want to do singles and albums and stick to that
1: yeah I mean do it just whatever as long as we can not be forced down, down like a really awkward inappropriate like route and just stay true to ourselves, and just just keep it, keep it like, I, I think people can tell, when something is like, forced or manufactured, it's like, if yeah. you're trying to move, with a certain trend, you get found out so quickly.
0: So true, and I guess luckily for you guys, you're at the level now, where you can just kind of do it, however you want.
1: Yeah, but we definitely want to keep progressing it, because I think, I think each album sounds different, than the last, I'd so definitely keep changing things up, Um, and yeah, just kind of hopefully people will come with us. Yeah. Because also like, Again, not wanting to sound like dinosaurs or we're old, but like... So Bad Blood came out in 2013. That was like six years ago. Yeah, that fucking like, blows my mind. But, so, so, but six years in terms of like, if you were 14 when it came out, you're now like 20. Like, how much of your life has changed? You've gone from being like a kid to like an adult. You've got either gone to uni or got jobs or got married or whatever. Or like even 21 to 27 is a huge leap. So it's like trying to bring people with you like th- through their lives pretty much as yeah. well. It's kind of it's a whole different... Headspace. If if you want to try and kind of have some longevity and
0: yeah,
1: and not just be a little flash in the pan.
0: Yeah, and even your live shows—they've like completely changed from just from watching Glass and then I saw you at Pavilions, I think. Yeah, like you've got more people on, and there's like a big rug. It kind of looks like a very chill, like <laughs> the ro- everyone's the just rotating in a rotating sofa. Yeah, yeah, that's such a cool idea. Whose idea is that?
1: Uh, Dan. So it was like um, it was very much trying to replicate because the. The new album, which I should, pro- I should probably plug as I'm on here. Yeah. The album, Doom Days out now. Please buy it. Cheers. Um, <laughs> is um, set across the course of a night out. Um, So it starts at a quarter past midnight. With the first song and ends at 8am uh, with the song Joy. We wake up past that on the kitchen floor. Um, but the whole point of the sofa was to try and make it feel more intimate. It's that that point in the night when everyone's absolutely wasted on the sofa. Um, And just to try and make it feel intimate. So we've got like a, a lamp. And like the sofa that's there, so it's just I'm trying to zoom in and make it a bit, more, a bit more human. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's that was the, also it's just kind of a nice little stage prop. And yeah. got has got the the whole spinning like plate thing as well, so it gives Dan some extra exercise when he's running around.
0: <laughs> he he's like transformed as a performer. Like he's I think just so, yeah. he fucking loves it now.
1: It's funny because, like he's he's like still um quite self deprecating. But I mean obviously I've watched him from the side of stage for the last like eight nine years yeah you you just see he's like grown and improved and just kind of understands more how to interact even like getting people to like sing along now as well even say like i sing this you do that yeah Which it's you, so you would, cool you would never have done that three years ago yeah you would, you would have died of embarrassment yeah i
0: can't like i i think maybe it's a personal thing i love the self-deprecating thing though because everyone you see so many other bands and they're just like yeah fucking kill it just like really confident like but borderline arrogant whereas he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh you don't really have to please do it like i love that that then
1: makes i find as well if you don't commit to it if you're like hey guys clap along please <laughs> no one does it yeah y- you need to just kind of like take a chance and really do it so there's a few times where like i've stood up like in the middle of a song like clapping really over the top it's like i'm gonna look such a prick <laughs> if people don't do this <laughs> yeah. and then people do luckily. yeah but luckily it's a relief yeah
0: <laughs> you must have had some awful gigs like awful awful gigs yeah probably uh, from the slog days more so days, right? yeah
1: we did what do we do um we on the last tour we did unsigned uh, it was that was like autumn 2011 uh we played in cardiff to like 12 people got heckled for half of it
0: <laughs> really like what like just, just like your
1: just, shit just, i don't know what they were saying couldn't understand couldn't it but uh, afterwards, they're like, "Oh, let's we could get a picture." It's like, "What? What the fuck?" You got on about? <laughs> um, but then we then drove. So that so then we got absolutely smashed because there's um, a good mate of mine from Plymouth who living in, in Cardiff now. So stay with him. Again, this is like the unsigned days. We're all crashing on a mate's floor. So um, we then drove horrifically hungover up to Wrexham through Wales. It took like four hours, and then played to four people and the same guy. Oh. In this in this colossal venue, it was just like, it's like this, this old, old like engine shed. Right, and it's like this is
0: so depressing. Just depressing. <laughs> Do you reckon, like, had you been doing that for m- many more years, would you have thrown the towel in?
1: Um, I don't know. I guess we.
0: I guess you you can't know, can you? <laughs>
1: yeah, but then it's also if you can find a way of still doing it without kind of living in that, like abject poverty, I guess you would keep. I mean, like, I will always be a musician. Even when Bastille stops eventually, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing it somehow. It's just, yeah. no, it's what I do.
0: You so. guys must have such a close bond. I've been through like fucking every country, every situation together. Like, yeah,
1: it's. I, I say it's more like being brothers rather than mates now. Cause, like, yeah, you know, because like we did live together for so long. It's kind of obviously mates. You can like pick them and put them down. Whereas family, you live with yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Um, but yeah, we kind of we've learned how to not push each other's buttons now especially these like big long seven week tours on the so that like, you literally sleep next to each other as well on, on, like in the bunks on the tour bus so yeah eat together sleep together play together um, yeah you need to be pretty tolerant
0: yeah did it take a while to kind of like figure out those lines and be yeah like, I mean
1: inevitably also on the first so, so the first album we are drinking like it was going out of fashion because we don't know how long this is going to last yeah
0: and you have to do that yeah
1: obviously yeah and because obviously works so long to get there it's like we're going we're gonna to have it every night um, it's not conducive to looking after your voice terribly well, it, <laughs> okay. it turns out, uh, or sleeping terribly well, or looking like you're not half dead on camera. <laughs> um, but when it yeah, when it kind of it looked like this has, probably, this has probably got some legs to it, we started kind of calming it down a bit. I mean, we still have have like mad nights now and then, but we kind of pick and choose our moments now. Right? Yeah, because um,
0: I I find it impossible to be on tour and not drink every single night. Yeah. But I think yeah, if if we were doing really long ones and it had like lots of legs i don't know if that's the right way to say it but i think i'd probably just loads of legs i think i'd probably look after myself a bit more but i have noticed i cannot sing anywhere near like i used to be it freaks me out actually i um and this is a whole other fun story that i'll tell you in a second but i i was looking back at old youtube videos god knows fucking why i was doing that but I was like, oh, I, I like this song that I wrote. I'm going to try and play it. So I start playing it and I'm like, I physically can't reach the note. Just
1: can't get there.
0: So I was like, oh God, I must've been playing it like Different differently key. or something. And it turns, <laughs> I was playing it transpose three, capo three. And I couldn't even do it without the fucking capo. So I was like, it really freaked me out. So I was like, I kind of want some singing lessons. I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong now. Yeah. So I went there and this is a funny bit turns out he's like a really big Bastille fan right (laughs) and I saw behind you know when you guys played Clifton Suspension Bridge it was like an outside yeah Yeah. Yeah. and we yeah that was a while and I came to that show and he had a photo a signed photo of you guys (laughs) at that thing and I was like I swear I was there um and he was like oh I just I love Bastille I love them and I was I was like this is gonna be the biggest name drop ever, Kate. Don't do it. But I couldn't help it. Here I was it like comes. I was like, Oh <laughs> I was like, Dan covered one of my songs and he was like, What the fuck? Are you kidding me? But then it felt really awkward because I was like, I physically can't sing. I sound like an absolute bag of shit in front of you, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it my tiny ego became a much bigger ego in that ten second. So gap. it's
1: kind of like singers get get the rough deal because their instrument is part of their body. Whereas like I mean, I have mean, done shows before with like full blown food poisoning where I'm like shaking and sweating. Um, but the drums still sound the same ish. Yeah. So it's kind of you just get through it. But yeah, if you're if you're feeling un- unwell, there's there's no hiding it.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um
1: so it's kind of also things like well, so sleep is the biggest thing on tour, which is why obviously go out and get smashed every night. Drinking's one thing, it dries you out. But then also, yeah, just the lack of sleep and rest has yeah. as an effect. Um also aircon is absolute murder.
0: Really? Yeah, because
1: it just dries your throat out horribly.
0: Ah, oh, so you, is that like banned? On no,
1: because the- like because otherwise the the bus reaches like forty degrees oh, and no one no can sleep. So it's kind of like tour bus sleep. It's not very restful. I mean, I can sleep all right, um, but yeah, some of the others not so great. It's also also your 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 driver is a massive part of that as well. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna if, say if they're, if they're really good, it's quite smooth. They're worth their weight in gold. You get some nutters. Um, we had one who, shall remain nameless, like, was going around corners so hard in the US, we thought we were going to come flying out of our bunk at one point.
0: Fuck, really? Yeah. How terrifying. And, you
1: can, and also, like, the worst sound is when you're in your bunk and you hear the sound of rumble strips, like, dof, duf, 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 It's like, oh, God, he's going to veer off the road. We're dead. We're so dead. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, but, so do, yeah. you, do you manage to eat well on tour now? Like, do you have, like, a schedule? Because touring is probably most of the majority of your time. Yeah. Like because it's so little of my time i'm like fuck it let's go to restaurants let's get drunk yeah, yeah whereas yeah, yeah. you i guess it's the other way you're like i actually have this is my life i have to eat yeah. well, well and it's stuff. also
1: like trying to like i i have to work really hard to keep weight off whereas um kyle the little fucker has to eat to keep weight on
0: i hate that asshole um, <laughs> i hate that
1: but um it's yeah, obviously well a you want to stay fit for actually doing your job for one but also like you're. In front of cameras and all sorts of stuff, so it's like, yeah, you don't, you don't. don't. I mean, it's like, like I can, I can see through real pictures. Like my weight's gone up and down over the years, um, but yeah, we eat relatively sensibly. Like the 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 real killer is when, like after show pizzas come out for the crew, and it's like, oh, it's all I want right now. Like, oh god! But, um, but it's it's a weird thing as well because like most people, when they go to work, it's from like nine till six or whatever, whereas we don't start work till like nine o'clock. Yeah, and then it's like you can't go straight to bed after doing two hours show. Like yeah, we could everyone's shouting like so yeah um, exactly a few drinks then try and calm down and so that, that that's a real vicious cycle you can fall into and yeah like, and especially if you are on the road a lot and then you come home you're kind of missing that buzz and you get a bit anxious like around nine o'clock it's like we're doing something weird like that's, that's how people um i've come across as well who like end up I mean, that's how you get drinking job problems it's like a boredom it's like well, we're off tour what should we do pub yeah, yeah let's do it it's only half eleven
0: yeah I even, I mean, I literally don't tour that often, but if I'm like at home, I've got nothing to do in the day. I'm this is why this Plymouth gym will not be my friend in the long run because I will just sip it in (laughs) the day. Do you get that then when you get home from tour? Do you have that, do you have like, Tall blues every time. Or you, are I don't you have time for blues. You? I'm literally the oh, straight into doing
1: washing, dealing with dealing with baby stuff.
0: That's got to be like a blessing. obviously oh, yeah, it's, it's a great. blessing anyway. But like to have that, you can't. You literally can't sit there and be bored. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, there, there's times where it's like I would just love to have a day off. Yeah, just to do, just sit and just even just for jet lag.
0: Man, it almost feels pretty cruel to leave it there, but. I gotta do what I gotta do. And the last 20 minutes of that episode can be found exclusively on my Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash Kate McGill. The link will be in the show notes. So I hope you enjoyed my chat with Woody. Isn't he wonderful? Aren't humans wonderful? I love getting into people's brains and figuring out why they are why they are I just find it so fascinating so thank you for listening and for allowing me to do this podcast and for commenting and letting me know your feedback I just feel so grateful to be in this position thank you so so much and as ever I'm going to leave you on one of my favorite quotes from the untethered soul which is just a book that has changed my life on a dramatic scale and I feel like it fits pretty perfectly into what i just said imagine if you used relationships to get to know other people rather than to satisfy what is blocked inside of you if you're not trying to make people fit into your preconceived notions of what you like and dislike you will find that relationships are not really that difficult if you're not so busy judging and resisting people based upon what is blocked inside of you you will find that they are much easier to get along with and so are you letting go of yourself is the simplest way to get closer to others man I love that so much you can find the link to that book in the show notes too and full disclosure it's from my amazon shop so when you buy it I get a tiny little chunk of that okay I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks for episode four thank you again for listening and have a lovely lovely life up until then